Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. Today, we're going to talk about Madeira. Yeah, this is uh, interesting. This is a very, very old wine that we hadn't heard a lot about. We're going to teach you something. We're talking specifically about the wine because some people might confuse it for the island. And we are a booze podcast, not a geography podcast. So it's what you'd expect. I'm yeah. Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. We, we just said we weren't going to talk geography, but I'm going to start by talking about geography. Because Madeira is uh, an autonomous region of Portugal and uh, an archipelago comprising of four islands off the northwest coast of Africa. The main island is volcanic, green and rugged, with high cliffs and pebbly beaches. It has a warm subtropical climate and is best known for its namesake wine, Madeira. And the archipelago of Madeira was first discovered in 1419, after which its lands were rapidly cleared and its rich, fertile volcanic soils used to cultivate wheat, sugarcane, and grape vines. And that is when the history of Madeira wine begins, because its development closely accompanied the development of the region itself, which is why we have to mention that first because historical records show that a mere 25 years after the colonization of Madeira, it was already exporting Madeira wine. Amazing. And 25 years after colonization, they'd already worked out that exporting the regular style of wine that they made in the region, port, and obviously wine, they they noticed that the, the wine they exported, because it's so hot in the area, they noticed that it was spoiling on the long sea voyages. So, of course, they added a little bit of brandy to it in the style of port to to improve the, the flavor and to help it last. Turns out they like it. Mm, yeah, and they found that the heat actually acted well with it to bring out new and interesting flavors that they had never experienced before. But uh, interestingly enough, even though it gets a lot of its flavor from the heat during the aging process, it's important to drink it cool. Mm. Don't mix it with ice. You drink it straight. The northern northwestern area of Africa is really hot. So the the, the heat from the, the long sea voyages from Madeira to Portugal or to the rest of Europe altered the wine to produce a flavor very different from port. Yeah, and uh, it became so popular that they actually began sending it out in ships and bringing it back again on purpose just to get that effect, which they called round-trip wine. Round-trip wine. Because it had taken a, it had taken a round trip yeah. and came back and had that new flavor. And they then developed an entirely new production process. Yeah, they decided that sending it on sea voyages was too costly. So they developed method- methods to do it on the island to produce the same aged and heated style. Uh, They began storing wines on trestles in special rooms known as estufas, where the heat of the island sun would age the wine. 
And this this is all still in like the 15th, 16th centuries. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this strange wine that nobody had ever had anything like, it steadily grew in popularity and trade groups were set up initially, as we said, in Europe and uh, then in the Indies and uh, the Americas between the 16th and 18th centuries. And uh, its popularity in America during that time was such that it was known to have been a favorite drink of both George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. How are we only just hearing about it if it's the favorite drink of those two very well-known people? Oh, and there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, this because more. it is even believed to have been the drink with which the toast was made to celebrate the signing of the U.S. Declaration of Independence in 1776. What? Because, of course, George Washington liked it. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, so they raised a glass of Madeira to toast the independence. <laughs> and here I was thinking it would be like a brandy or a port or something like that. No, Madeira. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, then from the onset of the 19th century, the prestige of Madeira grew with um, Winston Churchill having been known to have enjoyed it when he visited the archipelago of Madeira in 1950. And uh, after the coronation revolution of 1974, so called because almost no shots were fired and somebody went and gave coronations to all of the soldiers when the uh, tyrannical government was overthrown, also subsequent entry of Portugal into the EU, it resulted in a significant development in the Madeira region and... Um, a greater influence from the government in relation to control of the uh, of the quality of the drink and a number of a number of government initiatives were brought into place that helped the local viniculture industry and uh, even today the primary focus of huge amounts of that region in both grape growers and even businesses, is in increasing the quality of Madeira and producing the best Madeira that they can, meaning that Madeira was good in the 1940s, it was good in the 1500s, and they say they've just been making it better and better and better, which means what we are about to drink should be the best Madeira's ever been. That's fantastic. And it's quite uh, quite lucky that we were even able to drink it because in the mid 19th century, you've got, uh, well, first came the discovery of powdery mildew in 1851, which severely reduced the production of all wines over the next few years. And just as the industry was recovering through the use of fungicide, the Philozera epidemic, you know, that the aphids that had plagued France, that had plagued France and basically the whole of Europe, it somehow made its way to Madeira, the quiet little island in the middle of the Atlantic. Uh, so by the end of the 19th century, most of the island's vineyards had been uprooted, gone, because of the epidemic. It was terrible. Uh, and because they weren't, they weren't producing wine, they started planting sugarcane and started making rum and other sugarcane-like byproducts mm, as you do once they worked out the cure they followed the rest of the world they plant they replanted the american varieties of vines and uh, or hybrids and started getting back into business but it's taken nearly 100 years to get back to where they were 
Mm, crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about the interesting uh, the interesting properties of Madeira, because while most wines and fortified wines have a strong smell of their own just out of the production, the majority of the notes on Madeira come from the aging process and whatever it was aged in. So it's not uncommon for Madeira to have bouquets consisting of any number of smells from pine, eucalyptus, dried fruit, chocolate, orange peel, coffee, tobacco, coconut, caramel, tea, honey, sugar, oak, pepper, vanilla, cloves, (laughs) curry, nutmeg, varnish. Varnish? And even curry. And all because of whatever they stored them in or near during the aging process. Yeah. Um, I've just had a whiff of this. And it smells quite a lot like port with some with some differences. So you'd, it's got those bouquet, mm. those smells you'd expect, though the uh, dried fruits, the plum, the tobacco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah all, chocolate. All those sorts of fragrances. And, yeah. Uh, of course, there's a sweetness to it, which you would expect. Sweetness because... to the smell. Yeah. Uh, but we, ha- we have a Vidello in front of us, which... You'll, which we'll describe later, uh, but it sits in the medium-dry end of the spectrum. Yeah, though uh, sugar-wise, they are quite sweet anyway. With uh, Apparently, the palate of the drink always depends on a balance of sweetness, acidity, and alcohol content. And um, independent of the degrees of sweetness, all Madeira have at least 20 grams of residual sugar while the sweetest they will reach is 60 grams per litre. Wow. Which is quite a lot of sugar. 60 grams per litre? Yeah. Apparently, the the sweetness, though, is usually balanced by the acidity. Mm. And uh, they tend to have a lingering aftertaste that um, fades slowly, and uh, that... The amount of time it takes to fade increases with the age of the wine. So I think it's time we we tried this. So it is a bottle of Henrik's and Henrik's uh, Madeira or Madeira wine. Verdellos in the Verdello style, aged 10 years. And wow, for, for (laughs) for a wine that is supposed to be mid, it is quite sweet and interesting. Much more much more acidic than I had. (laughs) <laughs> Much more acidic than I had anticipated, but well, there's flavors there I can't even put my finger on. You you need to try it right. so that we can work out what the heck that is together. Because I'm oh yeah, oh, I smell the varnish now. Yeah, I did not expect to smell varnish in a drink, but in a yeah, drink, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, the the smells are odd. The the taste equally so. It's very unique. I've never had anything quite like it. Ooh. It um. It doesn't coat your tongue like port does. Yeah, no. Um, but it, it's very. It has a very similar mouth feel to port. Maybe slightly, yeah, slightly. Hmm. And it, it almost feels like it's coating the front of your tongue and maybe a strip down the middle, or something. It's a bit odd in the in the mouth feel, and there's kind of a fruitiness but a tariness. Hmm. And it's and it's bitter and peppery as well. Yeah, wow. I, I, 
I stand by what I said. It's pr- the most unique wine I've had. Yes, this yet. is definitely the most unique wine I've ever had as well. Well, it's a fortified. Yeah. Um, so not technically a, a wine wine. But, I, yeah, I can safely say I've had nothing quite like this before. Mm. Yeah, I've had a few different fortifieds over the years. And, yeah, nothing like nothing like a Madeira. So you can see why it... Uh, stands out from the crowd because it's very different. And that lingering aftertaste sort of changes as it fades away. Yeah. It's got a a very similar mouthfeel to a um a Merlot. That's what I was trying to put my finger on earlier. Mm. Like it it tastes like a a Merlot that's been adulterated. would you would you reckon? Yeah, so sort of. I I maybe, think it's a, a bit of a reach, perhaps. Maybe maybe like a, a mid mid flavor, mid tannin red, for sure. Not necessarily merlot. Mm. I mean, that's just it it the, doesn't have it doesn't have the smoothness. No, no way. Um, it's surprisingly bitey. I mean, even for a yeah. even for a fortified. Yeah, there's you can definitely taste the tannins in it, um, like a tea or a um. Maybe it's more like a Pinot. Mm. Because it's too soft to be on the heavy end of the reds, too heavy to be on the heavy end of the whites. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make a comparison with a fortified to a non-fortified, but I suppose... But I think it has more similarities to a a wine rather than a fortified. I I guess, but it, it sort of reminds me of... Maybe uh, a port, if that port had a two-pack-a-day habit. <laughs> <laughs> so, port, but not as good? No, well, port, but with some smoky, tarry flavours added to it. <laughs> it it's weird. Because it's, it's, it smells like it should be a port, and then you taste it, and it's not a port. Yeah. And it's good. I like yeah. it. But... I'm I'm intrigued. But yeah, it's the the strangeness of it, the differentness of it mm. is both fantastic and also disturbing. Confusing. Yes. Yeah. It's a paradoxical beverage. Paradoxical. Um the well the other paradoxical thing about Madeira is that once you open it, you could leave it sit for another ten years. It doesn't uh oxidize it doesn't oxidize once you open the bottle because it's already done all its oxidization beforehand ah because of the heating process i would say so yeah uh, one article described it as similar to pasteurization of milk to stop it going off right okay it doesn't stop it though well it, i mean it, it still slows goes, it down still goes milk still goes off but mm. Um, the, but the Madeira doesn't. The it doesn't Madeira lose doesn't. its flavour after you open the bottle. Well, that is pretty funky. Hmm. So, uh, let, let's get into the styles. Um, on the on the dry end, you've got Circeal with flavours like walnut, peach, smoky citrus. You serve it chilled. And uh, in Madeira, there's only about... 70 acres of um, Circeal wine being grown. Oh. 
uh, on the medium dry, you've got Vidello, which is what we're having now, with 186 acres. Uh, you've got flavors like lemon, cucumber, and hay. Do you think this has those? Hay. Hmm. I'm not sure. No, I, I don't think I picked them up. I mean, if I was to drink it again now that I've thought about it, maybe I would pick it up, but hmm. I didn't notice flavors of hay before. Hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, you serve this style chilled as well, which we've done. We've On the back of the bottle, it said serve cool. So yeah. we stuck it in the freezer for 10 minutes. Yeah, and we <laughs> cooled it to the um, roughly appropriate temperature. They they do say that the best temperature is 13 to 14 degrees Celsius for a young Madeira and 15 to 16 degrees Celsius for an older Madeira. Hmm. And this is a, a t- this is a ten year, so we served it about fifteen to sixteen degrees. Mm, of course, we have to guess. I, yeah, because you know who happens to have a thermometer for testing the temperature of their wines? Not me. No, not I. You've also got the Buell Buell style uh, with one hundred and thirty three acres. Um, you, you'll having one of those. You'll expect to find flavors like cinnamon, vanilla graham crackers or uh, those wheat crackers if you're not in America. Mm. Uh, it is a medium rich or medium sweet fortified wine. And that is further along the scale than this one, which is quite sweet. So I can't even begin to imagine how sweet the sweeter end must be. Yeah. Well, the there's one more that's even sweeter, than, even sweeter again, which is called Malmsey. And you'll expect flavors like burnt caramel, chili pepper, hoisin, and they grow about 257 acres. And then you've got one more uh, sweet, one more variety called Tinta Negromol, which is uh, used in rainwater style of, or it's used in rainwater Madeira. Rainwater being the, the lowest quality of Madeira. Uh-huh. So, I suppose we can go into the quality levels as well. We might as well talk about quality because, as we mentioned, they are all about quality. Mm. And being you know, an archipelago, having very limited space, they need to be about quality because they can't be about quantity. No. Not for a not for an archipelago. Uh, so, rainwater, which I just mentioned, uh, is the, the lowest quality, aged about three years, light in style. And it's good for cooking. Uh, next up on the scale, you've got finest, which is can also be known as choice or select. Uh, it's aged three years by the Eusta, the Eustava style, which is heating it in hot rooms. Mm. Or sorry, heated in tanks for three months to caramelize the sugars and stop the aging. That's also good for cooking. Probably okay for drinking. Uh, And then you've got Reserve and Special Reserve, which are aged minimum five or minimum ten years. And they are good for drinking. I suppose if you wanted to make a Madeira cake, that would be the right kind of Madeira to use. And then you've got Extra Reserve, which is aged 15 plus years. And it's usually made in a single variety, made in the Cantero method, which is a method of aging them in barrels in a 
room heated by the sun. Uh-huh. Finally, we've got the vintage Madeira with the Col Colhita, Fran Francakira, and Solera. So you've got Colita or Harvest, aged five years, uh, very good as an ap- aperitif, often as a, often a, a single variety as well. Uh, you've got the uh, it's aged at least twenty years in casks in the Cantiro method, a very special wine apparently, and the Solera, multiple vintage. If you remember back to our sherry episode, a Solera is a stack of barrels that feed into each other with the youngest wine poured into the top topmost barrel and the oldest wine being the bottom. And it just filters its way through. Yeah. Yeah. So the Solera, uh, Solera Vintage Madeira is, of course, multiple vintage. It's, of course, the Cantiro method in, uh, in production. And the first year of the Solera is listed on the bottle, but they don't make those anymore. So if you find one that is going to be in high demand. Mm. I wonder why they stopped using the Solera method. Maybe probably. because it takes so long. And probably space. Yeah, that that as well, which would not be a, a premium, as we said earlier. Because mm. it's just four islands. Yeah. So I still haven't put my finger on this one. Like, it, it's nice, but I, I'm i unconvinced yet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of, I understand why Winston Churchill might have liked it, because he was also a cigar man, and I could imagine this going very well with a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I was going to serve this, I was going to um, put some cheese and crackers on the side, but I don't think that would have gone. It's too too strong a flavour to go yeah. with the brie that I'd bought. Yeah, I think it would, yeah, just kill mm. a brie. But yeah, with something with equally strong smoky, tarry flavours, like a cigar. Yeah, or uh, or smoked salmon. Mm, or, or, yeah. That would a go... strong, fresh smoked salmon. Yeah, that, that'd go perfectly. What, if, what else have you got? Is that about it? That's that's it. We've we've gone through all of uh, all the information that I was able to locate without you know digging into the nitty gritty. I mean, I found so much, but mm. you know, only took notes on the things that seemed relevant because there was you know, there's a lot of talking about. Like I found a lot of information about the famous people who have liked it over the years, which is you know great, but who cares? It doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> say about the famous. Well, because it doesn't say anything about the drink. No. Well, let's talk about the talk about cooking with Madeira because they make Madeira specifically for cooking purposes. Because uh, it, it's complex and rich, it's great for deglazing pans, uh, adding in sauces or salad dressings. For a little bit of sweetness, but because the uh, stuff on the dry end isn't too sweet, it's it could be used in uh, instead of balsamic glaze, for example, mm. or a, instead of balsamic. Yeah, well, I suppose potentially you could put it into a sauce in place of a red wine if you wanted to as well. Yeah, or the- or sherry. Yeah, or, or sherry. I expect you you would want it to be a strong flavored sauce anyway. Yeah, definitely. Like um, 
I was going to say mushroom sauce, but that's no, no, no. No, like a, a bolognese, perhaps. Yeah, like something you'd have with a Sangiovese. Yeah, <laughs> well, like with well, with probably you know with a lot of spices in it, you'd need it to be something with some strong flavors. Yeah, because there are some very light bolognese's out there, and that's more what you'd want to have with a Sangiovese. Yeah, I suppose you'd have this with Spanish food. Yeah, funnily enough. Funnily enough. Perhaps a nice quesadilla, though that's Mexican, I think. But I think it would probably still go. Mm. Or a um, enchilada. Yeah. Enchilada. So clearly our knowledge of Spanish food is poor. It is. Well, there's not many Spanish restaurants in... or Mex- Well, there's a lot of Mexican fast food. There's a lot of Mexican food. fast food joints, yeah, but not a lot of Mexican or Spanish fine dining no. places about. And... Uh, yeah, if uh, if you're from Spain or Mexico and would like to tell us about um, some foods that you think might go with Madeira, especially if you know what Madeira tastes like. So if you want to send us those little tidbits, our email address is a good drop at gmail.com. Um, if you liked the episode, uh, if you want to hear more of us or if you want to share us around, uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. You can find us as A Good Drop All About Alcohol. And of course we are on the socials as A Good Drop Podcast. We're on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Mm. Uh, If you want to check out a single episode or check out previous episodes, you can find our website at agooddrop.com.au and We've already given you our email address. Yeah, and as always, you know, tell your friends. Word of mouth is one of the best ways for us to get some new ear holes listening to our voices. Yeah, share the news, spread the love. Next week, we will be having a blinder. Once again, we will be blind taste testing, but it will be a blind taste test of lager. Lager. Nice and refreshing style of beer. Yeah. Born in Europe. Mm, yes, a, a European style of beer that has become the world's most popular. Certainly a good place to start our more category-specific beer blind taste tests. Yeah, and it's been a while since we've done a, a beer-specific episode, so it should be fun. So, thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, cheers! cheers.